new crew, NYC, in Brooklyn, still here. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Josine Anderson, host of The Crew. It is episode 19, and we've got another big show for you today. We've got former Giants defensive lineman Justin Tuck in the building. Lots to talk about with the Giants. OBJ coming into New York this week to start off his free agent visit with the Giants. I spoke to OBJ last night. We're going to talk about those things. And we also know OBJ kind of got into some things on a plane. Got uh-huh. kicked off a plane. We got to get into that. And uh, Morris's uh, Eagles are still doing well. So much to talk about with they're that. Doing all so, right. They're doing all you know, right. Uh, they're, they're doing all right. So, you know, we got to bear with that. Uh, Lamar Jackson going off after the loss to the Jaguars. And, yeah. and uh, Monday Night Football ended crazily with uh, Jeff Saturday and not using all his timeouts. So with that, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Morris Chestnut in the building, Uber Eagles fan. How are you doing today? What up, what up, what up, what up? <laughs> I'm doing well, you know. We, uh, you know, the Eagles, they, we maintain the shootout mm. with the Packers. And um, so mm. we're doing well. We have, a, we have a couple of tough games coming up. I'm a little concerned, but we'll see what happens. Oh, why you always want to act fake concerned just so you, it's like, I feel like you put this energy out there. So it's like, if you act concerned, then you, you, you don't come across overconfident and then the overconfidence is not in the atmosphere. So it doesn't like ruin your whatever, your car well, or whatever. Well, no, no, it's not that. I mean, when you've been mm-hmm. an Eagles fan for a long time, oh. we've had a number of, of great teams and we've probably gone outside of the Patriots. We've probably gone you know, to the playoffs more than anybody the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Mm. Um, you know, we've had great teams in the Andy Reid era, era when we were making it to the NFC Championship game. So I'm just always cautiously optimistic. And uh, and honestly, you know, if you do look at the last game that we had mm. against uh, Green Bay, mm. we had a tough time with the running back. You mm. know, the running back was kind of tough. Now we have big boy coming to town, you mm. know, they're getting on that train and we got to mm. be ready. We got to be ready. He's a locomotive. Who's coming into town? Uh, Tennessee Titans. Oh, oh, Derrick Henry. He, oh, okay. Are oh, you scared? You scared? You scared? You scared? I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, look, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I, I, look, I ain't gonna lie. You know, listen, that mm. Tennessee team, they're one of the 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 the, the most well-coached team in the NFL, but they play defense, and that running game is is is, is no joke. So, mm. yeah, I'm very concerned. Yeah, well, you know, Kevin Byard is a friend of the show. He's been yes, on. Kevin does well. They do he's, well. He's been on, so you know, well, we maybe we'll have to circle back with him to see how the results of your game goes. But for right now, we are going to transition to crew headlines. All right, Morris, I don't know if you got a chance to watch Monday Night Football. A little bit of a doozy. The Colts and the Steelers were playing. The Steelers ended up winning this one. 24-17, Pickett had a good showing, 24-28. Once for no touchdowns, no interceptions. But really, Morris, what everybody is talking about is the end of the game. The right. Four minutes in which there was three minutes, 52 seconds. There was three timeouts left. And just Saturday, even after Matt Ryan had this scramble for 14 yards after second down, did not call any or use any of his timeouts. And then afterwards, he said he couldn't tell if the ball was where it was, you know, on the on the field because of where his arm was relative to his knee. Long story short, 
they end up losing the game by the same margin, seven points. They did. Uh, they came up 26 yards short as well with two timeouts left. What did you think about the end of the game and the fact that the Colts are now one and two with Jeff Saturday? Listen, listen, and I said this. I said this early on when mm. they, they hired Jeff Saturday. Uh, mm. I think you know Jeff Saturday was a great player. You know, just because you're a great player doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. Mm. And um, I think you know he he didn't have the experience. I mean, it's 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 not that easy. If that if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. Every mm. time the, the the success rate of hiring coaches would be much higher than it is now. To hire somebody with no experience at the job um, just because they played it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you you can be a coach and lead the men that way. So. It's uh, that's rearing his ugly head right now. Well, here was his explanation. So he said, quote, I thought we had plenty of time. I wasn't really concerned. We still had the timeouts. I wasn't too concerned. When Ryan was going down, I couldn't tell where they were going to start him from going down, right? If he was going to get the first down. And then we got there, expected us to get the ball and have another play a little bit quicker than that. But again, this wasn't a press for time situation. I've listened to people talk about this this morning on first take. Some of the people say they can understand that given the amount of time, do you agree it really wasn't about a timing thing? Thing. Uh, but 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 still, I think people are making the point. But re- since you're saying you couldn't tell where Matt Ryan was landing on the field, using your timeouts allows you to figure out those things and or come up with a better play to advance the chains down the field, Morris. Exactly. So go ahead, read me the first two <laughs> words of that statement. Again. He said, "I thought we had." I thought. Let's go. I thought. <laughs> I thought, okay, you were wrong. And listen, this is these are things that come with experience. It was Mm. just only a matter of time. You need experience. This is a you're a leader of what 53 men who Mm. do this a a highly specialized billion-dollar business. You can't just throw people in there and expect them to operate seamlessly and efficiently their very first time, especially when they've never done it at any level. So what onus do you put on Matt Ryan? Should Matt Ryan being a longtime veteran quarterback, should he have called a timeout? I don't we don't know what's happening and we don't know what's mm-hmm. happening in their communication. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe maybe Matt Ryan should have called the timeout. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was relying on his coach, which, which he's probably done in, in years to call the timeout. Mm-hmm. There have been numerous times when coaches um, when they see that the clock is running down or they want to get a different play in, they, they have a different look on the offensive defense, defensive side of the ball, they'll run up to the ref and call a timeout. So mm-hmm. you are the head coach. You are the decision maker. When you say, I thought and you were wrong, that's because, you know, you need you need a little bit more experience. Well, and and, and you're right, because if he, he he literally was admitting he was confused. So therefore, call the timeout to get the clarity. To so, get the, exactly. To get the clarity about what's going on and don't take your timeouts with you, you know, especially at that juncture in the game. Mm-hmm. Well, the Colts are four, seven, and one. Like I mentioned, one and two with Jeff Saturday now. So a little bit of the shine has come off. Uh, you know, Pickens did fairly well, three receptions for 57 on six targets, though. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor had uh 86 rush yards. And let me, so, and let, yeah. And let, mm-hmm. me, and let me say this. Mm. So 
I'm not saying that Jeff Saturday ultimately would not be a good coach. Mm. He could very well be one of the great, greatest coaches in history. I mean, Bill Belichick was fired once. Pete Carroll was fired uh, as a head coaching job. Mm. However, at this juncture, he is just not ready. He does not have the experience. Oh, so I was hearing a however, however. He doesn't have the experience right now. Okay, okay. Well, we're moving on to the Jets. The Jets. Did Mike White's win versus a Justin Fieldless Bears team prove anything? And should the Jets go back to Zach Wilson? As you know, they played the Bears. They did win that game. Mike White, Morris, 22 for 28 for 315 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. White became the fifth player in NFL history to have multiple games with 300 yards passing and three touchdowns in his first four career starts, joining Mahomes, Austin Davis, Kurt Warner, and Mark Rippon. Kind of an interesting list there. Uh, Garrett Wilson had five receptions for 95, receiving yards, two touchdowns with Zach Wilson of his four on the season. What did you think of Mike White, and are you impressed given that Justin Fields wasn't on the opposite side? And that's what that's what I don't understand. I don't see what difference does it make that it makes whether Justin Fields was on the opposite side or not. It's a huge difference. I mean, I mean, it, it, you're quantifying the level of competition that first the whole all, team went against. First, first of all, let's look at what is Justin Fields in his last three games. I would imagine he's probably about 0-3. Not to say that he's not a talented quarterback. He's still a young quarterback that needs experience. So just because he's playing doesn't guarantee that they're going to win the game. Morris, Second of all, is Justin Fields better than Trevor Simeon? So what? what is Justin what, Fields make a bigger difference than Trevor Simeon quarterback? Yes or no? At this juncture, I don't know. Oh as a pocket, God. as a pocket passer, no, he's not better than Trevor Simeon. He mm -hmm. does put more stress and pressure on the defense because he runs the ball. But ever since he's been running the ball for a million yards, they haven't won a game. Mm, mm. So they have to win. They have to win a game. Listen, I like Justin Fields. I think he's a, a burgeoning young talent. I like him. However, you know, right now, thus far at this juncture, he has not won running the ball like that. So Trevor, Trevor Simeon may be a better pa pocket passer. And it doesn't, he, Justin Fields doesn't play defense the last time I checked. To put up those type of numbers that uh, Mike White put up was just, is just very impressive. Not only did he lift uh, the stats, but he lifted the confidence of the entire offense. So just to pull up the record, you know how Claire Huxable used to say, let the record show. Yeah, I, pu I pulled up the schedule. Yes, you're correct. The Bears did lose the last five games, but against Dallas, they lost 49-29. Okay. Against Miami, that was by three points. They just lost by 35-32. The Detroit Lions, 31-30, a one-point loss. Atlanta Falcons, they lost 27-24, three points. And this last one against the New York Jets, yes, it was 31-10. to 10. My point right. is, is that you get, uh, have they won with Justin Fields? I mean, it's three of those, three of those losses are by one score or less. Right. And, and so, so at the end of the season, they don't count by how many points you lost by. They look at your did you win or did you lose? And that's the bottom line, you know. Okay. It, I think close only works in, uh, you know, close is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. That's about it. Well, I want to say that Mike White, you know, the Jets are now 7-4. and four. He led them to a season-high 466 yards total on the day in the rain. Okay, meanwhile, obviously, as you mentioned, the Bears are 3-9. and nine. Uh, but So, Here's the thing. The Jets are at the Vikings and at the Bills next. Yes. So you would be sticking with Mike White and, 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 and these two, these two next, 
games are gonna be are gonna be the test, right? It's it's not even a question whether you're okay. sticking with Mike White or not. Okay. Mike White has some very strong games. I think last season he mm. played well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm did. not saying that he's a better talent than um, Zach Wilson. Than Zach Wilson. However, it does seem at this point, at this juncture, mm -hmm. which is gonna be the code word for the day, this juncture, <laughs> it does seem like he's a better leader than uh -huh. Zach Wilson. Mm. Yes, because the games that you're mentioning here that Mike White played last year, uh -huh. um, it, it was uh, against the Bengals where they won 34-31 last year, and that's the game that he had the 405 passing yards. And, the, and who went to the Super Bowl last year? What did the Bengals do? Oh, they went. They they did go to the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl. So he had four hundred yards against the team and went to a Super Bowl. Oh, okay, 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 this, okay yeah, okay. Yeah, this so. guy has some talent. He has some talent. Okay, but then uh, you know, then he had the game against the uh, Bills two games later, where he I think he had the four interceptions or whatever, and they lost forty five seventeen. I think the Bills yeah. had a top five defense last yes, year. Yes, they did. Yes, he, they did. And he was still, he's still a young player. Sometimes yeah. these players, they, they need time. I'm pro Mike White. I Listen, I, I'm pro Mike White. I think, I think exactly what the New York Post paper said, that Robert Sala put on a master class in crisis management in terms of handling that situation. Yeah. I like Mike White's demeanor. I think Zach Wilson needs the time for a little bit of humble, uh, pie to just kind of recede into the uh the hourglass there and give him some time to think about things i like the fact that he wasn't even active for the game that joe flacco was the backup so i i i think all of those were the right moves so uh yes i agree with you that he deserves not only does he deserve to be the starter for the next game i heard mike tannenbaum on get up just now saying that he feels like robert sala botched it that he should be naming mike white the starter for the rest of the season and just let Zach Wilson just get his fundamentals together. But that I'm, might be a little bit too much for you. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> only, only because listen, it was, it's one game by backup. They didn't mm. have any tape on him this year. They only had some tape on him last year. You know what? We still don't know what Mike, Mike White, they had Mike White in the building when they drafted. Uh, I, I believe they had Mike White in the building when they drafted Zach Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. And so yes. listen, so listen, I, I just I, I don't think that it's, it's ready to name him a starter. And look, it's one game. Mm. One game. Let's give it some time. Okay, so we're moving on to your Eagles. <laughs> you know, this is always the tough part of the show where we have to deal with the ongoing progress and winning that you all are having, but you all are 10 and 1. But the Why question, what, 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 what'd you have to say? Something? Why, why do you say we got to deal with it? What's there to deal with? Oh, I'm what, just saying because, about? you know, it's just like, you, it's the same. We got to, you know, it's a Morris winning. I mean, I, I, listen, how many times have we tried to get Derek Augustine to come on the show who has a hard time waking up in the mornings and, and, and coming on? To, but half the time he says because he doesn't want to have to listen to you. That's why he said he don't want to come on. I would have a hard time waking up in the morning if I was a Saints fan like <laughs> I understand. I'm not going to hold that against them. Yes, yes. So, listen, I'm, look, I'm looking at the rest of your calendar. Yes. So, y'all are at the Giants, at the Bears, at Dallas. Hold on. You've got a game this weekend. You've got a game this weekend. Um, I mean, uh, who y'all playing? The Titans. I mean, yes, Titans. the Titans. Okay, I was going past that. And and then the Giants. So is, is there, uh, beyond the Titans, because already I guess we heard what you said about Derek Hand, who else are you concerned about the rest of the way? I mean, do, do you really have an excuse to be anything less than 15-2? and two? 
Of course. Okay, who? Um, we have to go on the road against the Cowboys team that's playing very well. Okay. Against, but everybody's against- saying that you guys are the class of the NFC East. I just did a whole show at DC last night where I heard I heard everybody say the Eagles are the team to beat in the East. So, well, so I don't y'all know. not listen, listen. Okay. We may be the team to beat only by record. I think if you look at uh, what's been happening on the field, uh, particularly with the Cowboys, uh, their last two games, blowing Minnesota off the face of the earth in a, in, in a road game. Then they beat the Giants. I think uh, the Giants, uh, they had two turnovers. I think that they lost a turnover battle, and they still pretty much dominated the Giants. If you really watch what the Cowboys are doing in terms of a complete team their defense is 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 one of one of the best if not the best in the league um when they run a controlled offense a three tight end set and passing when they need to just very controlled offense they are an extremely tough and talented team to beat so i'm not gonna say we're the class of the nfc east right now we have why to why why won't you just own it just own because it because it's not because it's not it. accurate yet it's not accurate, why is we, it have not accurate? Play, we have to go play that cowboys team on the road and mm. even if we do win that game we may have to still see them in the playoffs so that's going to be tough and then let's not discount the giants listen a lot of people are calling the giants frauds but you don't win that many games in the nfl right now in my opinion excuse me being mm-hmm. a fraud i think mm-hmm. the giants the giants have a very talented team very talented well coached team mm-hmm. you know they could use some more talent but to win as many games that they have with as many injuries that they have it says a lot well, I think that it's possible for you to go ahead and claim it. You don't have to wait till you go to Dallas to claim it. I'm not waiting. I'm waiting. You can, I'm, I'm waiting you can quantify it based on what you guys have done before. It's okay. Lean into it. Lean into it. Well, listen. That, like I said, we when, when look at Dallas. Dallas has won the division easily several years in a row, and then they lose the first game in the playoffs. And what does that get you? You know, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with claiming. Just you got to go out and prove it on the field. Yes, and, and all I'm saying is y'all have done that. Listen, uh, your boy, because I, I still go back to how much you were just so cautiously tepid around Jalen Hurts last year, and he is just going on in every game, yes. proving it in different ways that he can do it. And that last game, again, you have to kind of lean in and give Jalen uh, Hurts his props, you know, oh, yeah. for, for no, what he's listen, doing. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has definitely uh, developed into a, a, a very, very uh, talented and quarterback. You know, I don't want to say unstoppable, but he's definitely developed into a very, very good quarterback. And it looks like he still he still can take it up a few notches. So I'm very proud of what, what Jalen has done. And it's not that I, I just did not know with, with what the, with the type of uh, offense that the Eagles were running. Um, I just didn't know if it was sustainable because sometimes with running quarterbacks, you know, it could be not a matter of, of if, but a matter of when, you know, they get injured or someone, you know, or the, or the other teams catch up to, you know, at one point the wildcat was the, was the, was the thing in the NFL and it was unstoppable. And all of a sudden it was, it was stoppable. So uh, I'm very proud of what Jalen is doing. So on Twitter the other day, Morris, I threw out uh-huh. this question on social media and I asked who is the coach of the year so far and i was real morris 400 comments underneath this tweet people Uh were chiming in across the country left and right and i was really you know i guess it was a surprise but there was just such a variety of options you know and it really reminded me that there, there really are a lot of great cases around the nfl i mean i'm looking at it now from kevin o'connell from the vikings mike mcdaniel 
your coach, Nick Sirianni, Robert Sala, Brian Dayball, Ron Rivera, yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, Andy Reid. So yeah. I, I, am I leaving out anybody? Is it, Do you have a case other than just leaning into your own coach for your team? Wow. I do think that it is interesting. And he's probably not going to get any attention at all. What, okay? Nick Sirianni? Really? You think that? No, I'm not talking about Nick. I'm not talking oh. about Nick. Is, Nick is doing a great job, but I think uh -huh. if we win the if we if we win the NFC East, um, if we win the NFC Conference, then I think uh, if we lead the conference, I mm -hmm. say we have the best mm -hmm. record in the conference. I think Nick should get a lot of consideration. Mm -hmm. But there is a name that you didn't mention that I know no one is going to mention, Who? despite how well they do, and Who? it's going to be Mike McCarthy. You know, oh. I think, uh, listen, hey, you look at what happened. If we go back to that second week of the season when mm -hmm. Dak Prescott was out, everybody and their mama and their grandmama said the Cowboys were done. The Cowboys <laughs> finished, right? So he held it together. He mm -hmm. held the team together. He put a backup quarterback in there, mm. and the team did not lay down on him. Not mm. only did they not lay down, they stepped up their game with a backup quarterback. If they go on to make the uh, um, go on to make the playoffs in a high seed, I think he should get some. I think he should get some um, some some votes. Well, but why do I feel like you're just trying to come out with the dark horse because you want to show your depth of thought? You know, the guy that you named it wasn't even on the list that I mentioned, and, and you just have to come out of left field with McCarthy. So, uh, so you're just going to overlook Dayball, McDaniel, no. Kevin, Kevin O'Connell's. Salah, are you telling me that Mike McCarthy, out of all of those names, is the coach of the year? No, I'm not saying that he's the coach of the year. I'm mm -hmm. I'm just throwing his name into the hat as oh, someone okay. who should someone who should get some consideration. Okay. I think that almost everybody you name at this point, I think, is very viable and, and very worthy of the world. Salah, mm -hmm. Dayball, mm -hmm. um, down McDaniels. there in Miami. All, all these, all these people are, are, are very worthy. Sirianni, um, the coach for the for the Vikings. All these coaches mm -hmm. are very worthy. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a knockdown, drag them out fight for that award. So who's, so who's leading it right now? Who's leading? Wow, if you have to ask, me, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one. Because I think, I think, unfortunately for Dayball, I, I, I do think that mm. uh, the Giants will regress a little bit this year. Um, I do think that, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I think Salah can mm. win that award mm. with these next three games coming mm. up. I think he, if, he, if he wins these next three games coming up, I think you're just going down to New York, which is not far from you. You're going down to New York. Because he's done an excellent job with starting with – he started. it's all about the quarterback. He started with Flacco. When uh when his when um Wilson mm -hmm. got hurt, then Wilson mm -hmm. came in, underperformed, had mm -hmm. a little bit of controversy. Then he had to shift gears again and go to Mike White. If mm -hmm. they win like the next two, the next three games mm -hmm. or like three of the next four games, I think you got to give it to Solid. But I tell you, a lot of people were making the comments or uh or just kind of getting in there for Mike McDaniel because of the job with Tua, and it's really making them reflect about. Tua's tenure under Brian Flores and what was really going on there because Tua made a comment after the game saying that having somebody believe in you makes all is making all the difference for him right now. So, well, do you, so are you are you discounting Mike McDaniel? 
Listen, I, I I like what Mike McDaniel is doing, but are mm. we talking about are we talking about the comeback player of the year? Or are we talking about the coach of the year? Oh, like are you him. are you discrediting Mike McDaniel because no, you're not giving him enough credit? He's implementing the offense to it, but they went and spent a ton of money in in, in free agency. They got Cheetah. You know, they went and they went and got Chubb. I mean, they really loaded up, and I think that he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. But if we look at look Tua is undefeated in every game that he started and finished. Mm. So, right? So that means there's three losses with a backup. What does Salah do with a backup? Mm. I, when we talk about coach of the year, I mm -hmm. like to, I like to look at coaches who've had some adversity, who's had mm. to make some very tough de decisions mm -hmm. at very critical junctures in the game. Mm -hmm. Salah has done that to me. Mm -hmm. he, he went out there, he, he, he put his neck on the line and said, listen, I'm mm. going to remember, I'm going to keep the receipts because this is what we're going to do. And mm. then he's doing it. Mm -hmm. I like Salah. Okay, well, just so you know, and, and we have our very special guest waiting on the other side to come in and crew crib, Justin Tuck coming up in just a second here. But just uh -huh. to your point, I just want to say, though, that Brian Dayball also did make a critical decision in the middle of the season with the Kenny Galladay and telling him to sit his behind down because he wasn't performing and was willing to go with some wide receivers that you can't even name right now. But that's okay. We'll no. talk about what. I, no, what? I'm saying what? I like Dayball, but I think these next three to four games okay. aren't going to prove beneficial to him. Okay. I think they're going to hurt. They're going to hurt his chances. Okay. Well, guess what, guys? It is time for Crew Crib. We're going to be bringing in Justin Tuck on the other side. Make sure also that you remember you can download the Odyssey app to get our podcast. Make sure you subscribe and go to www.thecrewnyc.com to watch it on YouTube. But right now, it is time for Crew Crib. Well, look at, look at, look at there. It is Mr. Justin Chuck in his fancy office, Goldman Sachs. Even though he been should have put my finances together, <laughs> my coins, I ain't growing no money. Everybody welcoming the two-time Super Bowl champ, the two-time Pro Bowler, Justin Tuck, everybody. That's the intro. <laughs> That's the intro. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, 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 I see how this is going to go. That's all right. Justin Tuck, Morris Chestnut, Morris Chestnut. What's up, Justin? How you doing, man? What's going on, MC? How you doing, boss? I'm good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. Because, you know, last oh, time Justin Tuck oh, came on the show last year, he was on the last season, but, you know, you came on at a time where you wasn't with the guy. So at least we have you on with Morris this time. So thank you very much, Justin. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So big listen. Fan, big fan, Morris. Big fan. Hey, Y'all go ahead and have your bro mind play for years, man. Thanks for sure. Appreciate it. Y'all having your bro, bro moment. Okay, so uh, listen, 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 Justin. What, I, I want to talk about your Giants. Right now, they're 7-4. and four. Very respectable. Very respectable, though. Third in the NFC East. And if you don't know this, Justin, Morris is an Uber Eagles fan. So, you know, if, if, if any shots that you need to get in while his team is 10-1 and one and leading the NFC East division, I have to endure it the whole <laughs> season long. But your team... Justin has lost the last two games to the Lions, 31 to 18, 28 to 20 to Dallas. What is going on with the Giants in this last two games, Justin? Uh, I mean, listen, I'm, you know me. I'm never going to be this person that makes excuses. We just haven't played well. I mean, mm. I can talk about I can talk about the injuries, which you have plenty of them, but every team has injuries, so that's not an <laughs> excuse. So I just feel like, you know, we we're this second 
you know, second end of our schedule this year is going to be filled with a lot of playoff caliber football teams. Right. Listen, listen, and I, I and I give um, Detroit credit. That team is a team that nobody wants to play right now. Mm. So I, I know that record doesn't showcase, you know, you know them them supposing to beat the Giants, and I still don't think they should have if we play our our style of football. But the, the Detroit Lions and, and what they're doing with there has been phenomenal. I think I think they're they're way better than what their record showcase. But that being said, listen, we're gonna really find out what kind of football team we have uh, at the Giants in the next you know call it four to five weeks. Um, so again, I, I I'm hoping that we can get some guys that are very valuable to our football team back on the field, back playing for us. And then we can truly have a, you know, apples to apples conversation of where we truly are as a football team. But as also as a giant that has watched this team the last five to six years, mm-hmm. if you told me at any time this year that we were going to be having a, a legitimate conversation about the Giants making the playoffs after in week 12, name, name a giant fan that wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, relish in the moment of having that opportunity, considering what we've been the last, you know, call it five years. So I got a text from someone in the building this morning also lamenting the fact they said, uh, you know, you have a lot of injuries right now. We have four O-linemen out last week and three of the starting four DBs that missed the game. So that is a little bit of an impact. Sure. I mean, listen, I, again, no one wants to hear us, you know, make excuses. <laughs> so I'm not going to go that route. I'm not going to take that that, that, that that bait. But that's that's just the fact of the matter. The next guy has to step up and we got to play better. And the coaching staff have to figure out, okay, how do we make the adjustments for who's on the football field this Sunday? I agree with you, Justin, that uh, injuries are part of the game. And, and, and sometimes people can use injuries as an excuse. However, looking at the amount of injuries that you guys have had at critical positions that really has eaten up your depth, I really do think that you could say that it's a reason. because, And I think that what Dayball has done with this team, considering the amount of injuries to key players, we're talking depth with the starters on the line at the receiver position, at the DB position. You guys played the last game in Dallas down to without just like starting two or three DBs. So I think it could be a reason for you guys right now. But let me ask you this. What do you think the job – what do you think of the job that, that Dable has done? We were just talking about the coach of the year. And I was I was saying yeah. – I was telling Josina that I think that, yes, <laughs> at this point he's definitely up there. But I think these these next few games are probably going to put him a little bit behind in that, in, that, in that category. But what are your thoughts on coach of the year? Yeah, I mean, listen, I definitely agree with you in the fact that he's definitely in the running. Um, depending on how this, you know, these last five weeks play out, right? Right. If you, if you, if you think about – this team having the, the opportunity to make the playoffs, and if they if they do well in these last five weeks, they will make the playoffs. You got you. We got your team, Philly twice, right? Mm-hmm. We got we got Washington twice, right? We got we got you know bona fide, and the NFC East in general is just you know we're just going to be a bigger name than most because all those teams are playoff caliber teams. So depending on how we do against those teams, will predicate you know what the voters are or what the optics are for for Debo to win that. But like. He's up against stiff competition. I heard a little bit when you were talking about, you know, you know what what Salah's done at at, mm-hmm. at, the, at the Jets. You know, obviously what Daniels is doing in Miami. You know, I I think he's right in that mix. Uh, and the only way I see him winning it though is if we can kind of, you know, in this season with around you know call it 11, 12 wins, and then I think oh, yeah. they'll they'll look at it different. But like if we falter at the end, you're absolutely right. He, he, he. But like 
I also will say this. Like I, I have gotten tired of the, the kind of the coaching carousel, the New York Giants, and I think mm. we have a winner in him. I think you know what he's building and what he's been able to build in the short time that he's been there, considering the cap issues, considering the injuries, and so on and so forth. He has that building feeling more like Coach Coughlin was when I was playing, and that's a mm. that's a huge turnaround from what it had been previous years. And I'm sure you know. The Jets, you know, people will say the same thing. The Miami Dolphins people will say the same thing. So, I, you know, again, I, I definitely think he's in a running for it, but uh, I agree with you. It all depends on what happens in these next, you know, this this final stretch. Now, I have a, I have a question for you, and hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot with this question. <laughs> hopefully I'm not. So, before the season, a lot of people were saying that the Giants just need a quarterback. Of course, mm. I guess Dayball may be the quarterback whisperer because, you know, he was with Josh Allen in Buffalo. He played well, and Josh Allen's faltering a little bit. Sure. And I think I, I think most people would probably say that they're very encouraged with what Daniel Jones has done thus far this season. Mm. Do you think mm. – and if I'm putting you on the spot, we can go to the next question. <laughs> Do you think – Daniel Jones is the answer for next year and then going into the future, or do you guys look at the quarterback position in the offseason? Listen, I think you're always going to look at the quarterback position in the offseason if you don't have the the Mahomes of the world, the, you know, those type of quarterbacks. But I, I, I am encouraged with what I've seen with Daniel Jones. And, I, and I'll say this, and, I, and I'll, throw, I'll throw this back at you. Mm. Put, put any other quarterback that's not like – the world beater of the world, like the, not the mm-hmm. MVP caliber quarterback, that second tier quarterback. Put any of those quarterbacks in this Giants offense with this Giants O-line, with this Giants running game, with this Giants wide receiver crew. What mm-hmm. do you expect from them, right? We just talked about having four of the O-linemen that started the season not being able to perform because of injuries. That obviously is going to have, have the impact that I think it has had on Daniel Jones as far as he's a little rattled back there when – you know, he, he don't know if he can have two seconds to sit back there and throw it, right? So I think considering where we are as a team and the talent of this football team, I'm actually very, very encouraged with Daniel Jones. Now, am I encouraged to give him a max contract? I <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't know I'm there, but I am encouraged to say I, I, I truly believe if you continue to put pieces around him, he's, he's proven that he's a quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over in critical situations. He's not going to make, you know, the plays that are there for him to make, I think he's making. Now, now again, you know, it's hard to evaluate that when when you come into a season and you have these set pieces at play and they they either haven't performed for him. We talked about the Galladay, right? We talked about mm-hmm. Galladay and how much money we paid him, and he's definitely underperformed on that contract. Seventeen million a year, right? So then yeah. you talk about the old line. You know, obviously that protection is not there. That, that ability to open up certain holes for our running game to get us in our passing, our uh, play action passing, which I think early in the season, Daniel Jones was absolutely doing a phenomenal job in that, in that scenario, in those scenarios. So listen, I'm not sitting here telling you that like, oh my God, bet all, all things on Daniel Jones, but I'm also sitting here telling you that I am very encouraged with what I see him. And as, if, if Debo is the quarterback whisperer that he is, I see the progression of him becoming the quarterback that can lead us to the promise line in, in future years. So here's the, here's the interesting thing, though, to what you said. So Did we I answer having, your question, but also, you know, no, I, feel, I, I, appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it because here's the interesting thing. We had a conversation last week uh, with Brian Urlacher and KJ Wright, and we were talking about Russell Wilson. We were talking about the impact of coaching. 
you know, and Brian was pretty much of the of the school of, hey, the players got to be out. They got to just go out and play and stop blaming the coaches. And K.J. Wright was like, hey, well, the coaches, they play a huge part in what these players are doing. And I, I happen to think particularly I have to go on the side. Listen, I do think players need to be responsible, but I think in terms, particularly in terms of the quarterback position, and if Dayball is the quarterback whisperer and he's raising the level of a Daniel Jones, what could he do if, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy in Green Bay and wanted to come to the big city? I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be let go in San Francisco and wanted to come to the big city. I mean, what could he do with them if he's doing that with Daniel Jones? Well, that's, like I said in the beginning of my, my answer, right, the mm-hmm. quarterback position, if you don't have that MVP caliber quarterback, you're always evaluating that position because of how things are set up is so valuable to your success, right? Mm-hmm. And you're talking to a defensive end that absolutely hates quarterbacks, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Let's just get that out the way. But, like, I, I would agree with KJ on that. I think, you know, I'll look at the best athletes to ever play whatever sport that they played. All of them had coaches. Michael Jordan had a coach. Right. right? Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor had a coach. And Lawrence gives a lot of credit to Belichick and and Parcells and and, and, and and kind of molding how he went out and played, even though, you know, he was a wild man on his own right, right? But, like, all these greats have coaches, and, and the coach's job is to pitch you in positions that you might not be able to see from your own perspective, right? So I, I think I think I would agree with KJ on that. I think, you know, coaching has a lot to do with it when you think about everybody on the football field has talent, right? Everybody that gets drafted and, and can make the, you know, the 53-man roster has talent. I think that the success of that that talent is predicated on one, great coaches around you, and two, your ability to trust those coaches that they are putting you in a position where you succeed. And if you can do that, everything else seems to flow a little bit better, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Daniel Jones right now has ten touchdowns, four interceptions, completing sixty-four percent of his passes. A market drop in the fumbles and interceptions in comparison to his rookie year. But let's talk about OBJ. OBJ's coming into town. Listen, I already know the tweet I'm going to put out to start off the morning because I'm going to be covering both days that he's coming in. I thought I would start it off with a little Diddy and Skylar Gray. I'm coming home. I'm coming. I can't wait to put that because this is going to set the tone. You have to really think about this, Justin, because the last time I covered the Giants, they were playing the Vikings. I was covering the pregame. And let me tell you, Justin, I, I saw you at that game. That's when I was wearing that whole pink outfit. You know you love yeah. it. And when you showed me you couldn't take a hard, selfie to, to save hard, your life. What? Hard to miss. You're hard, hard to miss. miss. And and, and it, But, Justin, the electricity was missing out of pregame. OBJ just used to capture the pregame with the one hand that catches his whole entourage. It was flat. Uh-huh. It was flat. You know, I just it didn't feel it. And with everything that he went through, you know, uh, being there, dealing with Pat Shermer, dealing with uh, McAdoo, who, who, all of who he had to deal with, getting sure. the five-year, $95 million contract, doing the interview with yours truly, with uh little Wayne and what have you, and then talking about Eli Manning, and then they and then Dave Gettleman, your boy, ships him out of town just to find out that what OBJ was trying to say at the time, Justin, was true. Eli Manning was on the decline, and the New York fans can't handle it. So, Justin, can the New York fans truly handle an OBJ returning to the concrete jungle? Um, yes. <laughs> Long story, long story short, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, o- OBJ twofold. OBJ is not 
the OBJ that he was in 2016, 20, you know, whatever years you want to mm-hmm. say he was, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's had some injuries. Um, mm-hmm. So he's not necessarily the the player that he was when he was last at times. Now, is he an upgrade for anything we we have on the field right now? Yes, right. If he's healthy, absolutely. That guy is a is a difference maker, and not only on the fact that he's a difference maker from like him just making catches and and, but he's also a difference maker in just taking the the pressure off of other you know other assets we have on our offense, right? You know, offense. I mean, defense coordinator is going to pay attention to where he is on the field and and maybe open up some other things for other people as well. So that on that side of it, yes, uh, I, I would love to see him come home because mm. you know, he's, he is a he is the New York caliber, caliber type of athlete, the, the New York caliber athlete where, mm. you know, more than more than football, you know, headlines will be will be showcased with, with OBJ. That being said, um, I also believe that he's a little bit more mature too, right? Mm. I think, you know, the success that he's had elsewhere, he's won his championship. You know, he has a you know a family now. So I, I think he's, you know, some of the quote unquote antics that were, you know, showcased in his first stints at the Giants. I don't think you're going to see those type of things, right? I think he's in a space now where he's just looking to come in and help a team get over the hump, right? So I, I truly like this. I, I, I hope it works out for us. But I, at the end of the day, right, he has to make a decision on what it is he wants, right? There's, there's still a process of growth that needs to happen with Daniel Jones that I think he, you know OBJ will be taken in consideration. But I, <laughs> listen, I, I know for a fact the guy the guy loves New York. Um, I, I know he yes, he, he loves the, the teammates that that you know the Saquon factor and, and so on and so forth, and Sherlin mm-hmm. Shepard and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. And I think he really really likes what you know. Brian Joe Dable. and Brian Dable are building there as well. So, you know, we'll see. But like, you know, I, I also know that there's, I know the lure of, of playing for that place down in Texas as well and whoever else is going to be coming and calling for his. his oh, his, uh, Lord. Jura, Jura. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll leave it at that. So listen, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity for him to come back and, uh, and, and hopefully we'll see him wearing number, wearing number 13 again at some point. Well, let me just tell you, New York is New York. I can tell the people out there that is a huge lore for OBJ. I was just talking to him yesterday evening. He is excited to come in town. He he loves the way uh, Brian Dayball is handling things. He's excited about the offense, even how they uh, just kind of responded to what happened Sunday in Miami uh, on an American Airlines. Uh, we we can we we, you know, we can get into that. But before we get into that, real quick, I just want to Morris. Do you think OBJ? Do you think New York? can handle OBJ the second time around? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I think that, I think, unfortunately for New York, uh, like like Tuck was saying, Dallas is in the picture. I think, you know, when you talk about, when you talk about uh, media and attention and extending beyond the field, you, you know, unfortunately, the first place you go is, is Dallas because it gets so much covered. And I would say coverage, but New York, whether it be the Giants or the Jets, is another place you would go. So I think that uh, and considering that if he goes to Dallas, he doesn't have to have the burden of the workload. Um, Dallas is, is clicking on all cylinders right now mm. in terms of offense and defense. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately for everybody in the league, you know, if Odell is, 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 is any – you know, if he's anywhere close to where he was when he went to the Rams last year, it could be bad news for for everybody if he goes yeah. to Dallas. Yeah, but let's just mm-hmm. be honest, man. I know, I know, Dallas is is doing great, but like Jerry Jones will find a way to mess it up, like he always. Does. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 
Okay. Look, that's... Listen, I, that, nothing has changed. Everyone knows I hate Dallas. So I'm not even going <laughs> to sugarcoat it. Uh, but listen, I think I, I agree with you, Mark. I, I give Dallas credit. What they've built there, they definitely have a action-packed offense. You know, Michael Parsons, I think, is the most electrifying, not just defensive player. Uh, I think he's the most electrifying player. I love watching that guy play. Mm. That's the only good things I will say about Dallas. So I'll, mm. I'll leave it at that. Mm. But, I mean, if, if, if I'm looking at and like, you, know, mm. you being a Philly fan, if you're looking at what Dallas has has built and the talent they've had over these years, the fact that they haven't won a Super Bowl in the you know since when is just remarkable to me. Because I played against those guys all those years, and every every year, man, you just knew the talent that that team had, right, was going to be surpassed most of most of the rest of the league. But they never figured out how to put it together. And, and again, I I I think anytime you have those those uh, that amount of athletes, that amount of talent. You look directly at at the top top to bottom, right? So, um, yeah, I I, I I agree with you on the LBJ and and the, the Dallas appeal, but I also say like it's something about New York that's better than most, right? It's just, that's right. It's, it's, it's yeah. like it's, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the famous quote, right? They, it's so good they named it twice: New York, New York, so, <laughs> New York, New York. Exactly, I and, I, and I do agree with you. What scares me this year because I have. Two of my closest friends that I've known for 50 years are um, are Cowboy fans. And for, like, literally, almost every man, we're going to do it. We got the talent. They've had tremendous amount of talent. I think what concerns me this year, like you said, I do think they have one of the best players in the NFL, not just on the defensive side of the ball, just one of the best players, period, who, who, who's, who can just be a game changer. And he's yep. lifting up the way they move him around that defense, left, right, up the middle. I mean, he's put so much pressure on the offense where, you know, you got to identify him on every play. And then he's rushing the quarterback. You got Diggs back there. Mm-hmm. It feels like, and I hate to say this, but it feels like the defense <laughs> is a little bit different than in the past. So really quickly, just to go back to OBJ really quick, I just want to ask, does the do the New York fans owe OBJ an apology, Justin? Does an apology need to be made the day he lands back in New York? What, what would they be apologizing for? I, I mean, I just go back to all you're the things about, that were said listen, after he talking, said the things about Eli and he's ungrateful and how dare he. And at that time, and we're going to talk about this on Thursday. Trust me, when I do my live stuff, I'm going to bring all of this up. And, and all the blasphemous things that were said because you couldn't talk about, you couldn't talk about Eli at that time. You couldn't talk about, you know, how he wasn't doing well. And now in retrospect, that uh-huh. year, he was in decline, Justin. Did. Yeah, he was in decline, but like, who wouldn't take Eli Manning, you know, those years versus what we had the previous five years? But but that's not the so point. So to answer your question, so to answer your question, though, to answer your question, no, I don't think they owe an apology, right? I, I think at the end of the day, right, when we sign on that bottom line to play in the NFL and we sign these multi-million dollar contracts to be athletes for the the NFL all this comes with it and if you're if you're sensitive enough to to allow what someone outside of your 53 roster guys your 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 equipment crew your coaching staff and so on so if you allow that to affect you I'm not, I'm not saying that OBJ did allow it affect you. I'm just using that as an example mm-hmm. then then you're doing yourself a disservice so what I would say about that is they this is the same fan base that booed Eli the first game after he won <laughs> Super Bowl MVP we played the Washington Redskins on opening night, mm-hmm. and we beat them, I think, uh, 16 to 0, or whatever. The offense had a pretty crappy game. 
they booed him, man. He just won Super Bowl MVP the previous game that he stepped out of the field wearing the, the Giants jersey. Okay. So there's no, there's no, there's no, I mean, like, listen, if you're playing crappy, you're going to get booed in New York. And that's, I know the same is with Philly. I know Justin, the same I'm is just, in all I'm just remembering places. the time. I'm just remembering so, the time. So to answer your yeah. question, mm -hmm. no, I don't mm -hmm. think they owe him an apology. What I, wow. do think is, what I do think is when he comes back, guess what? All is forgiven and, and he'll have the most popular jersey in the, in the, in the stadium. And that's apology enough for me. Mm hmm. Okay. That's an, okay. So, so at the end of the day, y'all are saying that he doesn't, or at least you're saying Justin, they don't owe an apology, but you no, feel like, but you're, but you're, but you're predicting that he's going to the Cowboys. I didn't say that. Okay. What What are you, did, what are you saying? I, I did not say that. I'm not, <laughs> anything. I'm, not in, I'm not in the world of predictions. You know what mm -hmm. I do for a living. Okay. I got, yeah. I, I, I like facts. And the, okay. fact, uh, the fact that the matter is, is OBJ will know where he's going and he'll let us know where he's going once he knows where he's going. Mm -hmm. And once he knows where he's going and he lets me know where he's going, mm. then I'll be able to answer your question on where he's going. Okay. Well, he's also, you know, <laughs> talking to the Chiefs. He's also talking to the Ravens. I know uh, a couple episodes yeah. ago, Morris Chestnut made a very a valiant case about why he should go to Baltimore of all teams as opposed to, you know, what have you. I don't know. Do you still possess that thought, Morris? Uh, No. No, oh, no. So you've changed. I, so yeah. you've changed. I, 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 I did. You know, listen, I, I would like, I, I would like for them to get uh, Lamar Jackson some receivers. Uh, I don't know how this game is, how, how it really works. I think mm -hmm. he likes they like them going to the tight ends. And I know they have Deshaun Jackson over there. They trade away Marquise Brown. I don't understand that, but you know they keep giving up these leads. I thought one of the one of the stalwarts of Baltimore has been their defense. But this year they've just been been faltering a little bit. Uh, and really quickly before we let you go, I just got to get uh, initial reactions. And Morris, you can start us off when you heard that OBJ uh, had this incident in Miami, um, American Airlines, where he said he was asleep. He said he was sleeping. It was early in the morning. W woke up, you know, and somebody's telling him, you know, whatever. When you're trying to come out your sleep, next thing you know, they're saying you have to get off the plane. But then when American Airlines issued the statement, they said that he in their words, quote, because I, I talked to OBJ last night, in and out of consciousness, obviously he doesn't, you know, he disputes that from the standpoint of saying he was sleeping. And um, and 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 the fact that they said that they called medical attention because they didn't know what was going on, but in the same token, in the same breath, in the same statement, saying that they told him to depart the plane. So my thing is, and that's my reaction, is like, well, which one is it? You're calling for help because you think something is wrong, but then you tell him to get off the plane because he didn't, you know, uh, have a seatbelt on. Which one is it? But Morris, what is your, what is your thoughts? I don't, I don't, I don't have enough information to really have it. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there, so I don't, I don't know what's what's going on with that. Situation. Okay, well, I'll tell you my thoughts. My, my what, thoughts. What did I, I tell you, though, Joe? What? What you say, you, Justin? What? What you tell what, me? What, well, what did I say to you earlier this morning? What? I, I don't remember. Remind me. You remember it because because Mo just said exactly what I told you. You don't, you don't, don't know nothing. I don't know nothing about nothing. Okay. I don't have well, no okay. Well, I, yeah. I would say this is I don't what have I the facts. I, don't have I, no I would facts. say this because you know, exactly. one, I talked to OBJ yesterday about it, and two, I, I, I've obviously covered him since he was a rookie, and I feel like I, I do have a good sense of his personality. When I heard about the incident, my my thought was, I, I, I know OBJ is not a starter. I, I, he's not a starter, meaning he doesn't start stuff. You know what I mean? Very, and very and he, he's not a starter, so he's not coming on the plane, in my opinion starting something with the with the stewardess or someone who's like I, I completely 
to me, it's, it's plausible what he was saying. He was sleeping. And so I woke up out, you know, woke him up out of sleep. And then what I think sounds more plausible to me is just my opinion. I'm allowed to have one. And, and I've been, I've taken many flights, many flights, obviously covering games and things like that. There are times where stewardesses can bump their chest and, and do and be extra with how they talk to you or, or recognizing you and, and doing things. I've experienced that myself. So I believe in that aspect that it's plausible. Now, once the conversation ended or jumped into a disrespectful realm did obj you know puff out his chest yes that probably sounds you know uh you know plausible because at that point now the conversation is turned but i just wanted to add that and i also wanted and to I add that i thought that there was a uh, contradictory stuff in american airlines statement which i did think that obj's lawyer should have pointed out in his own response and should have done that quicker and i told obj that as well go ahead and, and i'll add one thing about this what people mm -hmm. don't know about athletes in general who fly mm. right if you mm. if you're taking a charter plane all of your life which mm. we all do mm -hmm. right the, the stewardess is not walking up and down the aisle saying hey justin we just got got off this, you know we're flying to play dallas can you put your seatbelt on <laughs> we never put our seatbelts on in, in, a, in a charter flight right and i'm not i'm not giving a pass here you, you know yeah. obviously you, you'll buy it yeah. by the rules of which you know yeah. but like it's so it's so common for me personally still yeah. to this day to get on a plane and just go to you know try to fall asleep and forget to put mm. my seatbelt on and then, like, you no, know, if it's a long flight, I might have took an ambient. I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving you examples of what could happen. Again, mm -hmm. I'm like Mo. I don't have a fax here, mm -hmm. right? So you like, if I take an ambient, I go to sleep, and you wake me up, and I'm like, oh my god, like, like all these things could have happened. And, and then, like you said, like these, these, you know, the flight, flight attendants like, overreacting, you know, you so, know again, doing doing too much, responding to who you know he is, he is and then right? and that and, and and here's yeah. the thing. Here's the other part about that, Justin. It's tone tone yeah. and, and and you have to also realize you're dealing with different people different races different cultures different walks of life different whatever different all of those things and and tone can trigger people regardless of even of race just period you know what i mean yeah. tone can can trigger you as well so i just want so to say, say that. i just i'll mm -hmm. just say like i mm -hmm. i definitely i definitely not don't have the facts here right you don't have mm -hmm. the facts you talk mm -hmm. to obj he said what he said i i tend to believe him because i agree with you for what i know obj he's never been a starter of anything he's just one of the coolest cats there are so like but like from that perspective i can see how a scenario could play out where they might have thought he was you know intoxicated or they might have thought he was whatever it is i don't know so mm -hmm. but like I, I, I tend to side with him on this one because I've been there where it's like I've gotten woken up on flights where I didn't have my seatbelt on and I'm like in my mind I'm like listen this seatbelt ain't gonna save me anyway right but like so I gotta put it on but like you know at the end wow. of the day right That's I think this is conversation oh, yeah mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. like but like to the end of the story right I think I think this is a non-starter I don't think it's gonna play out in any facet on you know him just seeing the Giants today or you know the Cowboys later whatever it may be no, that is true. And and just ladies and gentlemen, Morris Chestnut just texted me and let me know that his battery died, so he would not be able to rejoin us. But that doesn't stop me from telling you, Justin Tuck, that I appreciate you coming on, having this thorough conversation about your Giants off of two losses that need to get it back on track against Go the G, Commanders. Man. This is why Go I feel G, like man. Chase Young most likely is not going to play because he probably don't want to come back on that turf, you know, at MetLife, so you don't have to deal with that most likely. Yeah. But I yeah. do appreciate you coming on, Justin. Can you get my finances together listen i gotta go back to work myself man you don't have me on here too long okay I gotta, well i, I listen <laughs> y'all kept on talking work. listen you know when you when you want more chestnut he always got like five questions too many so i, I do yeah. apologize for that but we appreciate you coming on justin tuck thank you for joining us on the crew
good to have good to say thank you thank you for having me and happy holidays by the way I oh thank you season, i do so i can't holidays. wait to get my christmas gift from you so go ahead and just drop my maserati with the red bow on the oh. top since since you have since you're dealing with all the mu- big money well accounts just go ahead and just you know siphon oh. some of that money to my my gift okay is, is there a cyber tube that, that i can buy coal a what a cyber tube what you talking cyber, about cyber cyber tuesday Oh, so, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We we doing all that Cyber Monday, Cyber Tuesday, Black Friday. Go ahead and just give me. Uh, I want one of them black, all black BMWs, black tinted windows, black rims. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So all my mm-hmm. black on the inside, no cherry, no cream, just everything mm-hmm. black, blacked out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love you, Justin. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, bye, love. We appreciate it. All right, y'all. So that was episode 19 of the crew. We appreciate you joining us. We were going to talk about uh, Lamar and everything that happened after that loss to the Jaguars and the tweet that he had and all that other stuff, but we did lose more. So we are going to end it here, but I appreciate you joining us. Remember, download the Odyssey app on your phone or listen to us wherever you get your pods or go to www.thecrewnyc.com and that URL, thecrewnyc.com will take you to our YouTube page. And we are our I am out! Thank <laughs> you.